Chapter Forty Seven of Marion: The Story of an Artist's Model by Winifred Eaton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. Chapter Forty Seven. I was helping Mena that day. He had been very busy, and I had been working for him both mornings and afternoons. He had told me, however, that soon he expected to pick up and go west, and I was troubled about that. I depended upon Mena for most of my work, and we got along splendidly together. As I have said, Mena had always treated me just like a fellow, as he would call it. There was a knock at the door, and in came Paul Bonat. After nodding to Mena, he strolled over to where I was working, and stood at the back of me watching me paint. "'She's quite a painter,' he said after a moment to Mena, who looked up and nodded, and said, "'Yes, she does quite okay.' After a while, Mena turned around on his stool and asked, "'Got anything on tonight, Bonat?' "'No, nothing particular.' "'Well, a lady friend of mine is coming in from Staten Island.' and I promised to take her somewhere to supper and see the town. Can't you and Miss Asco join us? Bonat beamed, just as if Mena had handed him a gift, and he said, Sure, if Miss Asco will go with me. I said that I would. I think I would have gone with him anywhere he asked me to. Meet us here at seven, then, said Mena, returning to his work. All right. Goodbye. Bonat went out, slamming the door noisily behind him. We could hear him singing the price lead from Meistersinger as he went up the stairs. He had a big, wonderful baritone voice. We stopped painting to listen to him. But when I turned to resume my work, I found Mena watching me. He said, You and Bonat are getting pretty friendly, eh? I felt myself color warmly. But I tried to laugh and said, Oh, no more than I am with any of the other boys. Mena had his thumb through his palate, and he stared at me hard. Then he said suddenly, Gee, what a fool I was to let him get ahead of me. He set down his palate and came over to my stool. Say, Marion, he had never called me Marion before, you and I would make a corking good team. Suppose we pair off together tonight and... We'll put Miss Fleming on to Bonat. What do you say? Mr. Mena, you had better stick to your own girl, I said, feeling uneasy. Mena continued to stare down at me, and as he said nothing to that, I added, You know you and I are just partners in our work, and don't let's fool. It'll spoil everything. Oh, all right, said he. I don't have to get down on my knees to you or any other girl. He had never spoken to me like that before. Until this day he had never asked me to go anywhere with him, nor tried to see me after work hours. And I did not suppose he was the least bit interested in me, and I supposed he was quite settled with his own sweetheart. I was so glad when Miss Fleming knocked on the door. That evening we all went to Sheftel Hall. It was one of the oldest places in New York, and was interesting because of the class of people who patronized the place, and its resemblance to the German gardens, which it was, in fact, itself. 
there were german ornaments and steins all around the place on a high shelf there was an excellent orchestra which played good selections and bonnat hummed when they played some of his favorites mena and bonnat seemed to differ on almost every subject and mena seemed in a savagely contrary mood that night bonnat would explain his point of view about something and mena would say irritably yes yes but what's the use bonnat said that a man should show in his work the human mood and that a picture should mean something more than a pretty melody of colors mena interrupted him with what's the use as long as we get good pilsner beer paul laughed at that and called to a waiter to bring some more pilsner for mena right away after the dinner was over mr mena took miss fleming home and paul and i walked up fourteenth street stopping to look in the windows and to glance at the curious people in the throngs that passed us fourteenth street was then a very gay and bedizened place at night when we reached my door paul who had been very silent took my hand and held it for some time without saying a word i could feel his eyes looking down on me in the darkness of the street and somehow the very clasp of his hand seemed to be speaking to me telling me things that made me feel warm and oh so happy when he did speak at last his big voice was curiously repressed and he said huskily i think i know now why some men give up art for the sake of protecting their own he said own with such strange emphasis pressing my hand as he said it that i felt too moved to answer him and i had a great longing to put my arms around him and draw his head down to mine after that night mr mena did not seem the same to me all the little kindnesses i had been accustomed to receive from him such as cleaning my palette my brushes and nailing my canvases on the stretchers he now let me do myself and once when i asked him to varnish a painting of mine he answered why don't you get that bonat to do it for you End of chapter 47 Recording by James K. White Chula Vista